You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is served. Good morning, good morning. Uh, Welcome to Black Hollywood Live's Justice is Served, where we bring you the latest in legal news and entertainment. I'm your host for today, Roland Solo, Rawa Gabraab, and today I'll be interviewing a very special call-in guest, civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump. Now, Mr. Crump, a veteran Florida trial attorney, has had quite an illustrious career. Uh, Mr. Crump is a partner in the Tallahassee, Florida-based firm he co-founded, Parks & Crump, and he's represented parties in several high-profile cases. Uh, in the early 2000s, he represented the family of Jeannie McMeans Jr., a motorist who died after being shot in the back by a Florida state trooper. He also represented the family of Martin Lee Anderson, a Florida teen who was who died after being beaten uh, by guards at a Florida camp. Mr. Crump is is recently and uh, and arguably most famously known for his role as attorney for Sabrina Fulton and Tracy Martin, uh, parents of the late Trayvon Martin, slain Florida tr- teenager Trayvon Martin. On the evening of February 26, 2012, Trayvon, who's an unarmed 17-year-old African-American student, was confronted, shot, and killed near his father's home in Sanford, Florida by George Zimmerman, a neighborhood watch captain in Sanford, Florida. Uh, the case drew national attention and sparked hot debate over racial tensions, vigilantism, police practices, and gun laws. The case captivated the nation, and uh, it took Sanford police nearly two months to arrest Zimmerman after Trayvon. Trayvon was killed, and he was charged with second-degree murder. Now, prosecutors accused Zimmerman of profiling Trayvon as a criminal and following him with a loaded gun, triggering the fatal confrontation. Zimmerman maintained that he shot Trayvon in self-defense after he was knocked to the ground and Martin was banging his head against the pavement. On July 13, 2013, the jury in the Zimmerman trial found Zimmerman not guilty in the death of young Trayvon. On Monday, it'll, or on Sunday, actually, it'll have been one year since that verdict. And we are so fortunate to have Mr. Crump on the phone with us today. Mr. Crump, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? To your justice and serve audience for praying for Trayvon's parents at this uh, very challenging time come up on Sunday mm-hmm. as it has been since they lost their baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. A year after the verdict, my goodness, my, how things must have changed for you. In what ways, um, as as the representative of uh, Trayvon's parents, have things changed in your life and in your practice? Well, I will say this. Uh, going through the airports are a little more challenging. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people recognize you and they shake your hand and say thank you for the work you're doing and uh, take photographs. But before Trayvon, you know, we had done a lot of work as well, and I think that's primarily one of the reasons why the lawyers called me to say you got to help these parents. Uh, Trayvon's father, uh, back in February of 2012. So life is a journey, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you try to do the right thing. We try to use the blessings and the talents that God has 
blessed us with to try to make a difference, to make the world a better place for our children. And, you know, shame on us if we don't use these law degrees and all these other fancy degrees we have to try to help people. And so that's what Trayvon really was about, just trying to do the right thing. And once you try to do the right thing, God takes over from there. Sabrina Fulton and Tracy Martin were such symbols of of peace and and calm, and they were just so eloquent in their presentation during what must have been the most challenging time in their lives. How did you prepare them to to face a media onslaught and uh, for the the challenges that awaited them during and throughout the course of the trial? You know, it's very interesting because I think Sabrina and Tracy are just incredible, incredible people. Absolutely. Uh, they they grew into the role. Mm-hmm. When it first happened, Sabrina didn't even want to do any interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't uh, want to come to Sanford, Florida ever again. You know, this was her baby boy. Uh, and you know how mothers are mm-hmm. with their boys, and for this to be your baby boy. Uh, she was just heartbroken. And uh, Tracy Martin, Trayvon was, literally one of his best friends. I mean, they did everything together. When you look at the photographs and so forth through his life, and yet with all that grief that they were facing, every time we asked them to do an interview, they did it with dignity and respect. They never, ever tried to uh, lose their way to emotion and start calling the killer their son out of name. They just pray for justice. They pray to try to have some understanding of why this happened to their child. Um, I will say this, Rawa. The breed of Fulton and Tracy Martin, uh, till this day, even though they are heartbroken and they will never accept this verdict, they will never, ever accept this verdict. I would never accept this verdict. But they do accept the rule of law. And they do understand that they won't let this verdict define Trayvon Martin. They will define who Trayvon Martin is and his legacy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, George Zimmerman continued to be in the news after he was acquitted of second-degree murder. And uh, uh, to, I think, most in the nation, I think it it was maddening to see him continue to uh, get taken in by law enforcement. It was almost like, okay, this guy really should have been locked away, but um, he continues to almost spit in the face of the the freedom that he was given. Uh, What are your thoughts on on Zimmerman continuing to be in the news for his legal and and, and now financial woes? Well, what we try to do is focus on uh, the legacy of Trayvon and the work of the Trayvon Martin Foundation Mm -hmm. and try not to focus on his killer. Uh, you asked how I prepare Tracy and Sabrina during this media onslaught that became the number one news story in the world in 2013. Mm-hmm. We would always say we can't worry about the things we can't control. All we can do is focus on being positive and trying to take the issues head on. Don't shy away from none of them. You know, it's bad because Trayvon become, became such a symbol in the world, but it was still their child, and it was hard to make sure they defended their child's life and then let the stereotypes or the symbolism kind of overtake who Trayvon was and what they were fighting for. Mm-hmm. I think the big, most important thing we can do as a lawyer 
is make sure we concentrate people on what the crux of the matter is in any situation, what the issues are. And, you know, the issues in Trayvon was a convulsion of issues. You had these stand-your-ground laws. You had these profiling issues. You had these uh, issues dealing with the stereotypes of young African-American men. We had these issues dealing with the criminal justice system as it relates to black men. When we were the victims, you know, they're very good at uh, locking us up and throwing away the key, but it's a different thing when you have to honor and value a young black man's life. Mm -hmm. And so we dealt with all those issues head on. And the one thing I kept trying to tell Tracy and Sabrina uh, is, you all talk about your baby. Y'all just tell who your baby is. And as long as you do that there, I don't want you to be anything you're not. Just go there and fight for your child. And that's what they did every interview. They absolutely did. Uh, you, you, you earlier mentioned uh, the Trayvon Martin Foundation. Uh, to what extent is your involvement with that? And, and what, is, what is the mission of, of, of the foundation? Uh, the... the Trayvon Martin Foundation is a foundation. I'm on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's first of record. But it's a foundation started by Trayvon's mother, father, and brother to try to uh, do the work of surrounding the issues that claim Trayvon's life. That is, they work with uh, trying to teach young people conflict resolution. They uh, try to teach young people what to do when they're profiled. They are trying passionately to have these stand-your-ground laws amended or uh, repealed. They are working very hard on trying to be a resource for other families who uh, fall victim to senseless gun violence, and they are doing so much work, and we thank so many people for making contributions for the foundation so they can do this important work because before the Trayvon Martin Foundation, we don't think there was a foundation out there that existed as a resource for families who dealt with seven laws to senseless gun violence. But now that's what they've been doing with having the Trayvon Martin Peace Walk and Peace Talk, uh, with having the Circle of Mothers, uh, a week after Mother's Day with Sabrina and Tupac Shakur's mother, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Hadad Pinterton and uh, others, Jordan Davis's mother, uh, Got had about 75 women who lost their children to senseless gun violence and also how they turned the tragedy into triumph, how they turned the pain into power to try to make a difference. And then you had Tracy Martin with the Circle of Fathers, mm-hmm. where he did similar to that there. And also they tried to be a resource with helping people bury their uh, children because nobody prepares you for this. I mean, it's not something anybody goes to school for, how to deal with a sudden and tragic loss of your child being killed as a result of gun violence. And you now, instead of worrying about their high school prom or teaching them to drive and get a driver's license, you're trying to figure out what clothes are you going to pick out to put your child in the casket. Uh, You're trying to worry about... Uh, how do we get money to pay the uh, funeral home to give him a respectable home going? And so the foundation not only tries to help with money, mm-hmm. to help those families, but also 
Sabrina and Tracy uh, talk to them because, unlike me, I haven't lost a child like that. Right. They can understand what they're going through. And so the foundation is doing all that work. And one last thing I'll say about that, mm-hmm. uh, next Friday, they're going to be in Los Angeles at the historic Crenshaw High School uh, in uh, California doing a Trayvon Martin Peace Walk and Talk with a, a lot of celebrities, and MTV is going to do a special news uh, documentary of that uh, summit. Okay, is that information on the website? What we'll do is include the uh, the Trayvon Martin Foundation's uh, web address in our more info box below the interview, so hopefully people can, can look that up and anybody in the Los Angeles area can make their way out there and show support. Great. Great. Thank oh, you. no, no problem at all. We are very happy to do that and, and very uh, happy to hear about all of the wonderful things that the foundation is doing and will continue to do. Um, what do you what would you say is the greatest lesson to come out of this trial a year later? The greatest what? I'm sorry. The greatest lesson, whether it's for you the personally greatest, or the greatest lesson for maybe the this country. Uh, yeah. Well. I know uh, in an op-ed piece I wrote for Huffington Post, I talked about if we want to pay proper uh, tribute to Trayvon, if we want to honor his legacy, it is to try to do something, to not be complacent, Mm -hmm. to not say there's nothing that we can do. Now, there is something we can do. We can try to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else's child. We can strike a match versus cursing the darkness as it relates to these stand-your-ground laws. We got to get out and vote in the midterm election. We have this initiative with the foundation, with National Action Network, with the National Bar Association, that's the Black Lawyers of America, uh, called Stand Your Ground and Vote Mm -hmm. uh, initiative because Remember, Stand Your Ground was passed while we're doing the midterm elections when nobody was paying attention. Right. Well, we got another midterm election coming up in November, and so we got to get out and vote to have these laws amended. And we know we're going against the NRA and special interests, and they got so much money, and they got so much influence. The big thing is what we got to do is do what we can. Like, for instance, as lawyers, I am looking at uh, going to state supreme courts and trying to address these standard ground jury instructions because you know everybody keeps saying, "Oh, that he didn't raise uh, standard ground." Why y'all keep talking about that? And in Jordan Davis's case, they say the same thing as well. Uh, the killer didn't raise standard ground. Why y'all are talking about that? Well, it's so confusing when you look at those jury instructions because one of the first things they say is that George Zimmerman had a right to stand his ground right. in mm-hmm. a, the confrontation for truth. So it should be if you don't raise the stand your ground defense, you should not be able to give any instructions that say stand your ground to the jury because it just confuses the heck out of people. Excellent and point. so that's what I mean. We got to do what we can. We got to use whatever talents. And we got to be uh, bold with it, and we got to be strategic about it. 
What would you say, or what do you say to those who uh, compare you to the late great Johnny Crock Cochran? You have you have just really made a mark for yourself, and have been probably the most high profile African American uh, civil rights attorney since uh, Mr. Cochran. I mean, I'm sure those comparisons are complimentary, but but what do you say to those? Well, you're humbled by the comparisons, <laughs> and I think we all, all us black lawyers, and all, a lot of non-black lawyers in general, we stand on the shoulders of uh, Thurgood Marshall and Johnny Cochran. Absolutely. Uh, both heroes of mine, both individuals I got to meet, and you were in awe of them for encouraging young lawyers, the next generation. So what I try to do is always remember that we have a job to do good and encourage our fellow brothers because when one of us does well, all of us does do well. That is a word. That is a word. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Crump. It, is, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, before you go, we would love to hear uh, you share with us your social media information, website. Where can people reach you? Uh, I'm at Attorney Crump on Twitter. That's uh, attorney spelled out A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Crump is Charlie R-U-M-P at Twitter. And I think uh, the people the young people who clerk for me, they got the same thing with my Instagram and um, my Parks and Crump Law Firm website is www.parkscrump.com. But I did want to say this before I let you go. Of course, of I'm course. I'm fighting real hard right now. Hopefully I'll get a chance to come back and talk to the Justice of Serve audience about the case of Kendrick Johnson. That's the young 17-year-old boy who was found rolled up dead in the wrestling mat in Valdosta, Georgia high school. Yes. Uh, that's an important case. And then there's a huge case that I'm representing the family in Houston, Texas, of Robbie Tolan. That's T as in Tom, uh, O-L-A-N. If you get a chance, Google Robbie Tolan and Kendrick Johnson's case. Robbie Tolan got, had a uh, miraculous, uh, unanimous Supreme Court decision from the United States Supreme Court that I believe will be the prima facie driving while black case in our time. And so we got to rally around that, and people got to know about it because this is happening to too many of uh, our little black and brown boys. Absolutely. We look forward to uh, discussing both of those cases with you further, and we sincerely hope that you'll be able to join us in studio next time you are ever in Los Angeles. And... um it has been an absolute honor and pleasure to speak with you today, sir. Uh, that is our show for today, folks. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next week on Justice is Served. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.